Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. It's that time of year again. There are lots of colds and flus going around this time of year with the holidays coming up and all that extra stress that can just lead to, you know, us getting sick and being more susceptible to illness. And I think there's just a lot more viruses and everything going around this time of year. Um, the part about getting sick when you're a runner is that you also have to take time off. And I think the biggest thing that runners don't want to have happen is, you know, that potential loss in fitness and no one likes to feel sick. So today we just want to talk about how you can avoid getting sick and really maximize your health this winter. So I brought on Scott Sikowski and Ben Jacobs for this uh, podcast episode. And we're going to start with Skelly. And tell me, Skelly, have you been sick yet this year? I feel like that's the biggest jinx me question of all time. Um, <laughs> right? Knock on wood. <laughs> just thinking about it as you're talking, I'm like, I have not been sick. I mean, I get a little bit of a cold or whatever, but so far, I I was thinking about it as we were getting ready to do this podcast. And I now I'm really going to drink myself. I, I feel like I haven't been sick in like a year. Like sick enough to like have to either miss work or not run or something like that. But I mean, certainly a cold, but not, I have not had the flu in a long time. I'm knocking on wood as I walk around talking to you, but, um, so no, not yet. How about, how about you? I haven't been sick this season. I was sick in the spring, but no, I haven't been sick, which is amazing because, over Thanksgiving, I accidentally drank out of my sister-in-law's glass and she had a sinus infection. And then later that week, she got the flu. Ugh. So I'm just like really knocking on wood. I'm like, <laughs> I feel my luck is coming to an end. Um, but yeah, I think this is like such a good topic because I think this time of year, especially, I know, you know, you coach a lot of athletes and so do I. I have seen so many people just getting sick lately. What about you? Yeah, and I just actually today already three different emails of people that aren't feeling well. Um, that missed training one person I have who's like never misses training I saw he had like two or three missed workouts on training peaks and I'm like oh my gosh I messaged him right away because that was such a like not like him and he was has been down with the flu all week so uh just a lot of that like I could probably in the last couple of weeks at least like 15 20 people (laughs) so it seems to really be going around um you know some type not, not necessarily just the flu but a bad cold or sinuses tis the season for sure and and it seems like a lot of of people have been having it i i like to think because i worked in a fitness center for so long and there were so many kind of like teachers you get a little bit immune um because i was around so many germs so much i'm i i'm tracking it up partly to that and plus obviously i if i think anything's coming on and we'll talk about this just trying to take care of yourself all the time so those things don't happen in the first place you can't help it obviously you're gonna things happen you get the flu you get a sinus infection but there are ways to try to, to avoid it or what to do once it happens. Right. It seems like you're the pro here, not being. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about but, that. Um, Lucky. But for like, right, right. What are like your main tips or like things that you do and that you're aware of? Um, like if you feel like maybe something's coming on, do you just like take a day or have you just never felt anything in the last year that could potentially have been a sickness yeah. or what do you do? And I certainly do. And I certainly have had times where, oops, I'm, you know, I'm waking up, I'm getting a cold or, or I just don't feel well, whatever it is. Um, and I'll just, for me, let, let's say I do get sick and obviously I do. It's just, I've been lucky for a little while. Maybe it's been more mm-hmm. like nine months, but it just seems like a long time. Um, as yeah. soon as I feel like something's coming on and really you should be doing something to try to prevent it from happening in the first place. But once you do, you know, rest or, you know, vitamin C or whatever you think you need to do to start combating it. But it, for me, I always err on the side of caution. If I feel like something's coming on and, and you kind of know your body and you feel like this could be not good. I would just rest. And then, you know, if I wake up the next day and they're like, Hey, it was no big deal. I feel fine. And then maybe I pick up where I left off running wise or activity wise from that standpoint, but just always being super smart and kind of 
trying not to push through things. And that's what we see a lot as coaches, obviously, is people don't want to take time off and they push through things and you can just make it worse or last longer than it was going to in the first place. So just trying to be preventative at first and then second, as soon as something's coming on, start to do things. And I have a lot of little remedies that people kind of give you to, to try. Like I, I have one person, a coworker I worked with, he said his mom's a teacher and you've heard of like the vitamin C drink. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what's going on. She, she drinks that every day. Whether she's huh. sick or not, she just drinks it every day. Now, this is one person and one remedy, whatever. But if I start to feel that, I have started to, I will drink that vitamin C stuff. And whether or not that has made things go shorter for me, I don't know. But it, it, it's hard. I can't scientifically prove that, but it seems to, <laughs> to work. Just, you know, having good nutrition all around the board is always a good thing. And just trying to, you know, obviously the simple things that we all know about, you know, washing your hands and and doing that type of thing, and especially if you're around people a lot and you're shaking hands or doing that kind of thing, just trying to make sure you're washing your hands a lot is, is supposed to make a big difference too. Right. Those are some really good tips. And I love how you talked about how like you look for those warning signs kind of like before you actually get a full-blown cold or illness, like your body sends you kind of subtle messages like, hey, like we're kind of doing something here. We're working on fighting something. And I think for a lot of years for me and maybe just a lot of young people in general, like they aren't really in tune with their body or they're still, you know, kind of learning this whole process. And for me, like I'd just be like, oh, I'm tired. Get over it. Like go on your run. Um, whereas now, like I wake up and if I feel like extra tired, I'm not like, Oh, suck it up, go run. I'm like, okay, let's, let's assess here. Why are you tired? Right? Like did you get, you know, your full hours of sleep, um, was yesterday stressful. Did you have a workout? I kind of go down a list and like, if it doesn't make sense why I'm tired or if I feel extra tired, I'll kind of maybe check my heart rate, resting heart rate too. Um, that, cause that kind of gives some insight into like, is my body working really hard or maybe it's all in my head. Um, so usually if like my heart rate's elevated by like more than two points than it normally is. And then, you know, I'm extra fatigued. I'll be like, yeah, I don't think it would be a good idea to do your workout today. So then, you know, shifting things around and just being smart about it like that, um, whereas in the past, I think for me, I would think fatigue isn't necessarily a sign of getting sick because it can be a small amount of fatigue. It doesn't need to hit you like a ton of bricks in order for your body to be saying we're fighting something. We were exposed to something. Give us a little bit of time and energy, because if you zap all of that energy that your body was going to use to fight off that illness by doing, you know, your 10 mile workout then you just kind of like lost your chance. Yeah. And, and obviously it's tough to know. And I like what you said, cause you just, sometimes you don't know, and maybe it's nothing and, and you're mm-hmm. fine and you just rest a little bit or even one day or a half a day or whatever. And, you, and you're feeling fine, but it's really important to listen to your body and, and no one knows how you feel more than you know how you feel. Just like if you're dealing with someone with an injury, when I was a coach, when, or well, I am a coach. <laughs> when, I <was> coaching, <laughs> when I was coaching college cross country, I meant I would ask a lot, or I would say a lot that, I ultimately, you know, I can give advice and do all the things, but ultimately I don't know how you feel. Only you do. And so you really have to, like you said, listen to your own body and kind of really be smart about it. And if, if, if the signs are there that you shouldn't run or that you should rest, you should really listen to that. And anytime I get asked that question, I mean, it's an easy answer for me. If there, if anybody ever asks, you know, should I, or shouldn't I, I usually will say don't you know, and just wait. I mean, what's one day and it's not going to, you know, re- you know, see how you feel the next day. And if it lasts longer, I just had someone who, you know, desperately wants to run, but it's been going on for like almost two weeks or she had it, then her kids had it, then her kids gave it back to her. And then it's kind of that cycle. And uh, she's going a little bit stir crazy, but she's being smart and not pushing it. So it's just kind of listening to that. And I feel like most people do that. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a moment. There's some people that don't quite listen to that and want to push through it because they don't want to miss anything and you can just make things worse or last a heck of a lot longer when you do that right I definitely think there are people out there who don't want to take those rest days you know I'm kind of one of those people included (laughs) in that but you know like you were saying how you know if you have small kids at home that's like a whole nother ball because they're bringing stuff in all the time and if you're exchanging things back and forth and it's been weeks and you're still feeling sick I think the biggest thing there is just understanding that like your immune system can become suppressed if you are constantly never allowing it to like fight things off. And if you're always, you know, expecting to be rebounding from workout after workout after workout. And that actually has happened to me where like my immune system was suppressed for 
a couple of months because I was just like training too much and I didn't know mm-hmm. that that's what was happening because I wasn't like super sick but it was just like small illness after small illness popping up um, and if that kind of sounds like you that might be a sign like to back off a little bit and let your body um, heal because that does kind of take a while to recover completely from but that's a real thing that that can happen because what's really interesting is that your immune system is the same system um, to recover after workouts so every time like you're going out and running you're like stimulating an immune system response because your body has to repair all the damage that was done so I mean if you're constantly doing all those runs and all those workouts and then on top of that trying to fight off illnesses it can just be a lot for your body and so just allowing yourself time to recover and <laughs> let your body right. have a little bit of rest is always beneficial And I've had to have that conversation more than a time or two in my, you know, 20 plus years of coaching with someone who just seems to be getting sick a lot, but they also maybe correlates and maybe it doesn't, but maybe it correlates with they overtrain a little bit. Um, So I've had to have that conversation more than once said, Hey, you know, we need to do something differently back off because you just continue. It's a hard conversation to have, but you you do have to look at that. If you're constantly getting sick, something's going on. Um, Like you said, with your immune system and it's suppressing and that, and that type of thing. Um, so it's really important to, to think about that and think long-term and kind of are the two correlated? Like, am I getting sick all the time? And I also, do I feel tired a lot because I'm running a lot and, and trying to put those puzzle pieces together? Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. And especially, you know, if you're new to the sport, for me, it was, I was um, going to do a triathlon, like a half Ironman. And so obviously like the training volume is a little bit different. Um, so going from like marathon training to half Ironman training, Um, so you're adding in swimming and biking, but then I was running less, uh, but it was just like a lot of my body. And I, I kept saying, you know, I feel really fatigued and people were like, Oh yeah, that's how it is. You know, know? and they were like making me feel bad. Like, yes, he told you it's so hard. And so I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, like I just underestimated like how much energy like this is going to take. And then if you're someone, you know, maybe you're not trying training for a triathlon, but if you're moving up in distance from like 5Ks to a half marathon or half marathon to a marathon, and you have friends that have like done that distance and they're kind of giving you crap about it, like, yeah, you're just supposed to be that tired. Like, no, I don't <laughs> think, <laughs> you know, like if your body is like always tired, like if you're always tired, there is a, you know, there's a reason for that. And I think um, listening to your body and not what other people are saying, you shouldn't feel so fatigued during marathon training where it's like every run is a chore or like you just feel run down. You shouldn't feel run down. You should feel, you know, like energized after a workout. Yeah. And, and I thought of, as you were saying that, I, I thought of a little bit of a personal example of back when I was doing a lot of marathons, like when I was in my thirties, I, you know, and this is kind of comes down to, you know, it's more of a mileage thing, but when I would, I would try to get up to like, 60 70 miles a week and my body just couldn't do it and I would break down I would get sick all the time I would be tired all the time I just had to finally realize you know what I can't do that kind of mileage I just my I'm not someone who can do that some people can and stay healthy and feel good and stay strong I I cannot so for me when I did my best marathons it was dropping down to like 50 miles a week and then I was staying healthy I was able to run consistently and just obviously everything took care of itself from there um, so sometimes learning that those lessons and I definitely, cause you know, we asked that question, what's the most mileage you've done and, and that kind of thing. And I, and when I talked to people about it, I said, I tried to do higher mileage once upon a time, but my body just wouldn't allow me to do it. Um, and I don't think it was a thing had I stuck with it and I have to suck it up, like you said, and just keep trying to do it. <laughs> it, it just wasn't in the cars for me and I'm totally okay with that. Um, so that's another conversation we have too, with a lot of athletes is, you know, what's the right kind of mileage for you? Cause we want you to stay healthy and it doesn't, doesn't just mean people think of injuries right away it also means illness and like you just said suppressing your immune system doing all those things so you're trying to take all that into consideration what's the best plan for you personally it might be 45 miles a week it might be 30 miles a week it might be 60 whatever but you want to stay healthy both injury wise and you know what we're talking here as far as you know getting sick and that type of thing too yeah, I love how you brought up that personal story about how you, you know, when you were marathoning, you know, in that the three teens range, that was kind of where a lot of your marathons were. Um, I know you kind of wanted to break three and all that. So yeah. most people who want to break three, you know, you'd see mileage in the 60s and 70s, I would say. Yeah. Um, that's even maybe on the conservative edge, but maybe around the normal range. But if you're in like that 45, 50, you know, it's considered a little bit, quote unquote, lower mileage for, you know, someone aiming for a sub three. 
Um, but I think it just goes to show like everyone is different. And so like you, for example, uh, you didn't start running until later in life, you know, you didn't have an athletic background growing up. And so there's just so many factors. So like you might've had a friend who was also a 311 marathoner and, but he played hockey his whole life growing up. So it's like, he just, his body is more adapted to that endurance stuff. And it's not as stressful for him as it would be for you. So I just think like, everyone is so different that it's so hard to not play the comparison game with like Strava and like even just before all that yeah. stuff, you still did it um but I think that's a really good point to bring up and even your mileage will change like even now I'm sure you probably wouldn't be running you know 50 60 miles a week when marathon training just because you know now you're a master's runner and just right. like life circumstances things change and I know for me um you know after having kids it's like that that's a stress on your body but it also you know it's exposing me to more viruses and all that stuff and I found I had to drop my mileage by at least 20 miles per week in order to stay healthy so you know even in in the past you ran a certain miles per week and you were fine that doesn't mean you can always do that yeah life changes and I think it's just good to know um, you should be running at the mileage where, you know, you're not feeling run down and you're not getting, you know, chronically sick all the time. And maybe if you are, these are signs that maybe we should be adding in a little bit more rest, maybe lower mileage. Maybe we can like tweak things to make sure that you're staying healthy. Cause I think that's number one, um, for our athletes. Yeah. And I, you see it a lot and, and it's, it's easy for us to see just in training or just from talking to people and, especially if they're mentioning that they're sick quite often or they're missing training quite often to really try to let's, let's step back. Let's see how we can change things. So that doesn't happen. Um, Sometimes you have to be a little patient in that process, but it's important to do that. And like you said, as, as I've gotten older um, you know, I just, there's, I couldn't do 70 miles back then. Why would I think I could do it now? (laughs) But I, but I, you know, like 35, 40 is kind of like my max to where my body would break down a little bit if I did more than that. And that's obviously I'm adding in some other things with cross training. And, and obviously we have lives besides running and, you know, busy <laughs> schedules and that type of thing. I don't have kids like you do. So that's just adds another, you know, I've, I'll coach some people that have five kids. It's like, wow, how are they Whoa. doing all this? But, you know, mm-hmm. you, you find what's right for them and what works for them. And, you know, and that's a, a, you know, a fun part of the job too, is, is, is trying to figure that out for people. So some people might not think that's fun, but I do. Right. I love <laughs> the variables. No, I think it's it's super fun. And it's good to, you know, see how people can be successful, you know, with different sort of life situations going on. And I think this is a really good topic because, you know, this time of year, a lot of people are getting sick and it can be really frustrated when you are sick and you're stuck in that situation where you're like, oh, I just want to be running and I could do in anything in the future to avoid this is you know, what a lot of people are looking for. So I guess like some other things that you can do, you know, obviously finding that mileage sweet spot that works with your life and everything and being flexible with that. But another thing I think is huge is, you know, the sleep and nutrition piece. So how many hours per sleep do you recommend? Um, How many hours of sleep do you get? Like, do you think that helps? Yeah, well, big time helps. And certainly I'm not a doctor or anything, or, you know, neither one of us are, but (laughs) you know, that sleep's super important. And so is nutrition. I mean, just in life, not just in, in running, but if you're going to be active and running, it, 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 it ups the game a little bit and it becomes even more important. Um, I used to think that I, I could thrive pretty well on six hours of sleep. Um, that has changed for me. I'm like seven to eight. Um, and I've been doing that for several years. Um, I know they, you know, they recommend eight, but um, for me, seven to eight, I think you need that, especially if you're running, if you're in a training cycle for like a marathon or something, I think it's, it's super critical. And some people might be listening and go, well, I've got four kids, I've got work, I've got this, I can't do it. Um, but it's really important to try to do that. Or even if, you know, and most people probably can't do this, it, even if you can sneak in a 20 minute nap during the day, just all of that rest kind of adds up. Um, and that's when your body is really kind of recovering from everything. Um, so to me, sleep is huge. And um, for many years, I, you know, not that people want to know my life story, but I worked at five <laughs> in the morning all the time. Mm. And so I got really used to going to bed at like nine. Well, now I can, you know, with my current job, I can get up and, you know, kind of do it when I want to, but I still go to bed at nine and I still get those eight hours of sleep. And I think just because I think it's important, part of it's my body's used to that circadian rhythm and kind of going to bed at that time. So just trying to get into that mode is important for people too. 
Um, a lot of people will say, oh, I have trouble falling asleep or I can't sleep that long. Well, if you can start, and I've read articles on this. I, I didn't make this up. If you try to go to bed at the same time every night, if you're able to, um, your body will learn that. You'll get tired at a certain time. It should be a little bit easier to get that sleep. Um, if you're having trouble sleeping, I mean, maybe you want to look at why that is, um, that type of thing. And then when it comes to nutrition, you know, obviously we have someone on run for PRs who knows a lot more than I do, but just making sure it's a balanced diet and that you're doing things to help your body recover. And all those things are important too. Yeah. The sleep piece is so huge and critical. And I know how you said you need, you know, seven, eight hours this time in your life. Uh, I think for me personally, in order to be in a training cycle and marathon training, I, I need at least eight. So like maybe eight to nine. Um, I I feel like I can't sleep longer than nine hours. Like I'll try, but, um, but like you said, you know, when you have little kids, like there's just no (laughs) way, I mean, luckily my kid sleeps through the night and all that stuff and he has for a while. But if you have like a newborn or, you know, like a three month old baby, like good luck with that. Right. (laughs) Exactly. But even given that, though, like, I was really good about, okay, um, and maybe he's, like, my only kid, so people listening are like, you can't do that if you have, you know, like, <laughs> the toddler running around. But I would go to bed, like, at 7 or 6 when it, when the baby was going to bed. And then, right. like, when they wake up, you know, four hours into the night, it's like I already had, you know, three hours of sleep or whatever. So I didn't feel, like, super stressed. And then it's just, like, I would try to sleep whenever the baby was sleeping, whatever, um, you know, and babies technically they sleep a lot. So it's like, you know, taking those naps, taking all of the sleep that you get over the whole night. Like if you piece all of that together, um, you can, you can salvage, you know, eight to nine hours, but obviously it's broken up. So it's not like as high of quality sleep, but you can still get the sleep. Um, I think the hardest part, like you were saying though, is, you know, having the the trouble falling asleep or, you know, if you do wake up in the middle of the night, it can be hard to fall back asleep. Yeah. Um, cause I know for me, it was hard. Like baby wakes up, I'm awake for an hour and then I try to go back to sleep and then I'm like stressed out. Like, Oh my gosh, what did I wake up again? So it's just, it's a cycle. And I think like you said, trying to investigate as to like why you can't fall asleep, you know, maybe it's anxiety related, maybe um, there's just different ways that you can approach that and maybe talking to like professional about um, like options for you and ways to help fall asleep because it's definitely, um, you know, insomnia sucks. Like yep. I definitely <laughs> had those nights where like it's 2am and I'm still awake, but um, you know, there are ways to kind of help aid with your sleep and I like how you said going to bed around the same time every night that definitely helps um you know meditating limiting your screen time before you go to bed uh that like the the screens emit like those blue rays or whatever that um block the body's ability to like to produce like melatonin I think it is so I think just putting the phone away an hour before you go to bed you know maybe taking a bath there's a lot of things that you can do to like help your body it's almost like you're a baby like before you put a baby to bed you like read them the book and you give them the blanket like you have to do that for yourself as an adult if you're having problems sleeping you should have like a like a sleep schedule for your evening and babies obviously little babies eat right before they go to bed but i would say for adults don't do that don't try not to have anything within a couple hours of going to sleep because that can cause issues too right um i know that if i you know have a little snacky poo right before bed i do not sleep well um, so I do, yes. And I just said snacky poo. So I love um, it. <laughs> if, um, but if I do, I, I can't, I have, I have to not eat for like a couple hours and that really helps you. I've been very fortunate most of the time. Obviously we all have stressful times in our lives when maybe this isn't the case, but for the most part, I've always been a pretty good sleeper. Like I can kind of fall asleep anywhere. Um, so that's good, but not everybody's like that. So just trying to, to do things and finding a pattern that would work for you personally And for me, it's just like you said, shutting things down for a little bit before you go to bed and kind of having that time to get ready. Maybe read. one thing I do personally is read and reading puts me to sleep like boom. I mean, I love to read, but I can never do more than a couple pages and I'm done. Not everybody likes to read, but just trying to, like you said, turn off that phone, turn off that computer and just kind of wind down a little bit before you actually wind down. Yeah, no, I love how you mentioned reading a book, because I think there's something to be said about that. Like you said, some people don't like reading. I don't really love to read. But, you know, like you said, if you don't love it, then it's probably a little bit boring for you. It might put you right to sleep. Like I like it. And it still puts me to sleep. Yeah, um, I think it yeah. relaxes me and you're thinking you're not thinking about the computer, or your phone or what do you got going on the next day? You're, you're kind of immersed in whatever your topic you're reading about, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. And that can kind of 
I think really help you relax and fall asleep. So just anything that kind of works for you. Yeah, that's a really good, a really good pointer for those listening. So hopefully people, you know, listening, they're going to make some adjustments based on some of these tips, because I think they're really good to implement. Um, And it's just like a whole self care thing, because the more you take care of yourself, the better able you're going to be to like fight things off and not be as stressed out. Um, But then I think just diving more into like the basics of okay, let's say you wake up and you just feel that extra fatigue. Um, Like, do you run? Do you not run? How do you make decisions based on like, what you're feeling if you should do a workout or not? Yeah, so I'll start with like the easy thing first. And I've read articles on this. I've talked to, you know, colleagues that are doctors and physical therapists and different people about this kind of a thing at when I, you know, when I was a coach, when I worked at the hospital and one thing for sure, if you wake up and this is pretty obvious, but if you have a fever, you should not run, (laughs) just not run. Cause it's not going to be good for you. It's not, it's not going to be a a smart move to do that. Um, If you wake up with a cold um, really what you, like you talked about at the beginning of the podcast is, you know, you kind of have to make that decision. Is this something I feel like, okay, this is coming on and it, it could potentially get a little worse. Should I rest? And again, you know, your own body. I, for me, if there's ever a question, like, I'm not sure I err on the side of, I wouldn't, um, if you feel like, you know, it's just a little something, I mean, you just have to kind of make that decision. Now I've read this about having a cold and I don't want people to go Skelly and Victoria told me to run when I have a cold, but if you have a cold, it is, there is research that some activity, whether and it's not necessarily has to be running, but walking or doing something can help facilitate recovery. Um, so doing a little bit of, of activity can help. And now this is talking like a little bit of a cold, not a sinus infection or something like that. So I think just getting up and kind of making that decision, whether it's fatigue or a cold or, or that kind of thing, it's really important that you kind of just self-reflect and would it be counterintuitive for me to run today and kind of have that conversation with yourself or ask us if we're coaching you and I, I know what my answer typically is. And obviously when we're doing this online, we don't see the person in person, but just kind of listening to them and helping them make a decision on, you know, let's push it to tomorrow or see how you feel later or something like that. Yeah. I love how you said, you know, earlier in the podcast, you don't know how someone else is feeling only you do. So I think just as the athlete being aware of like how you're feeling and the severity of it. And like you said, it's better to be safe than sorry. Like it's better to move something um, in your schedule than do, you know, your 16 mile long run workout and then be sick for the last two weeks leading up to your marathon. Right. Right. It's better to, or just cut it out completely. Right. Like one workout's not going to make or break you. Um, I think just being aware of all of these things and just balancing like the risk versus reward. Cause you know, if, if you are sick and you're really going to get sick and you do go out and expand yourself on, on a workout um, and you're down for the count, it can take, you know, two weeks to feel completely better from a bad cold. Um, and that's just a cold. So I don't know if the flu, I'm sure it's even longer or if you get, you know, bronchitis or a sinus infection. I mean, that can be like a month of lingering stuff. So just really being aware of like what the potential consequences would be um, if you did run, you know, we're not being like extremists here where it's like, oh, like my nose is a little a little sniffly, but I feel totally fine. Then you're probably fine to, you know, do your your run or I always like to switch days where it's like if I had a workout schedule, I do an easy run see how I feel after and then kind of reassess. Um, Sometimes, you know, when you think you're getting sick, you can bite it uh, right away by taking care of yourself, like, do not drink and focus on nutrition, get extra rest. And then the next day, you're totally back to your old self. Right. And And I like the advice you gave there. And it makes me think too, one thing that I say often, and this comes with illness or injury, it's, it's I'd rather do less and feel like I could have done more than do too much. And then obviously all of a sudden I can't do anything because I pushed it and I'm more sick or more injured or whatever it might be. So that's why Aaron on the side of caution, you just great, great advice. Maybe it's, you know, I'm supposed to do a workout. I don't feel a hundred percent, but I don't feel horrible. Maybe I'll just switch it and I'll do easy today. See how that goes and then switch to a harder workout tomorrow. So that, that's super good advice and just, and it's okay to do that and, and to switch things around. And that's what we'll help you with as well as far as how do you, because obviously sometimes it's a little bit of a domino effect and you have to change some things maybe for the next couple of days, but that's okay. And, and just because it's written down doesn't mean it has to be in that order or that necessarily that, you know, do that on this day, you can switch things around and, and make it work. So 
the, the biggest goal is always to stay healthy and run consistently. If you do that, really good things will happen. Yeah, no, that's a really good way to put it. And I think, you know, head goals, it can be so variable from person to person. Um, I know, like, if you're susceptible to like sinus infections, or like bronchitis, if that's something that you have a history of, I think definitely be more cautious then. Um, if you're someone who, you know, you get like minor head colds and they go away relatively quickly, uh, I feel like you know your body and you know what's best um, for you. So definitely just every situation is different, but erring on that side of caution for sure. Yeah. Um, what are your ideas of like cross training or strength training and um, when you're sick, does do the same type of rules apply? I was just going to say, and you took the words right out of mouth. I say <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. If you, if you feel like, you know, I really shouldn't, maybe to what you said a moment ago, like if you're not sure you're kind of on the fence and you feel okay, but not, you don't feel horrible, maybe you could try cross training and, instead of a run and see how that goes. But otherwise, if you think you shouldn't you know exercise or run you your body's probably telling you you need a day off and i would just you know not do that and strength training is kind of it can be you know a little bit harder on your it's not the same obviously pounding as like running or doing some of those things but that's pretty strenuous and if you're not feeling good and your body's a little weak um that could be be even tougher on it so i'd be really careful about that i think like you just said if it's kind of the same rule if you're just not feeling up to it i would just you know skip things all together, you know, reload the next day or the day after that and, and kind of pick up where you left off. And, and that's one thing that people will ask us often too. I'm sure you get this question all the time. If they miss the run, they want to make it up. Um, yep. And for me, and it just kind of depends, or if they've been sick for a few days, they said, should I just pick up where I left off or, you know, what should I do? And I think it depends on the situation, but probably some rearranging and maybe toning things down for a few days is in order and not to just plow right through it. Certainly don't, you can't make up for lost time. Um, so trying right. to add on to it, like I missed my six today, so I have six tomorrow, so I'm going to do 12. And I've had people ask me that question. I'm like, you know, don't do that, especially if you've been sick or injured. Um, well, you shouldn't do that at all, but don't do that. Just, you know, reload. We'll kind of rethink, you know, what's the next best thing to do, you know, once you have to miss a day or two. Right. I think if you're missing training due to being sick or feeling run down, I think the worst possible thing that you could do is try to make up you know for mistraining and I've seen people attempt to do that yeah. or you know it's just it's it's a really bad idea because the reason you had to take the time off is so that your body could use that energy to you know fight something off and you're probably not a hundred percent when you get back those first couple of runs so by adding even more stress or like three times as much stress it's just it's a recipe for um disaster you're right. I think. And, and I think a lot of times people answer their own question like they might ask us if they should run or not but they kind of already know they shouldn't they just want to hear us say they shouldn't right. um and somehow that's easier and that's totally fine and and i needed that sometimes too i'm like dude you're sick you shouldn't run um we've talked about it on other podcasts when i had my running streak for four years uh there's times i was stupid and i should not have run um, yep. but i had this streak going and i you know that's a mile you know i can do it um it, that wasn't a good decision. I mean, it's a decision I made, <laughs> but it wasn't a good one. So just trying to be smart. And like we just talked about a minute ago, I mean, the main goal so much is just to be healthy, to be strong, to be consistent. And sometimes that means missing a few days to make that, that possible. So, so it doesn't become a cycle or go on for longer than it should. Yeah, totally. Have you ever had an athlete who they like refuse to take time off and like what sort of ne negative like implications happened as a result of Right. Oh, and, and I have, and especially when I coached college cross country, it was, a, it was quite the battle at times, um, <laughs> whether someone was sick and, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's, it is, you know, it's funny, but it's also like, sometimes it's like, okay, you can't even take a day off. And we really need to have a talk about, you know, putting in perspective, you know, what word is running fit in your life and that kind of thing. Um, when it comes to your health or an injury, obviously, you know, what's, what's the benefit of, pounding through this but I've had many of those conversations and not to say I don't still have them um, but when I was coaching at that level it was a little bit more prevalent where people just didn't want to take time off or even if it wasn't just because they were sick just because we've talked about this when we talked about um, you know off seasons and that type of thing just taking a week off was was so hard for people and after marathons I think you know now we have people take a week off or, or more and, and it's difficult for some um, I'm not afraid to have those conversations and just say, you know, here's what could happen. Ultimately, obviously, the people that I coach, I don't live with them, so I can't tell them, hey, don't go out and run. They can sneak off and do it, but it, it's really counter 
intuitive to do that. So I, um, I, I certainly have had that a lot and I'm sure you have too. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think one of the things that is hard for me to watch is like, I've had, you know, athletes obviously like move on from working with me. Um, and one person in particular, like last winter, like she, and I see this on social media because people, you know, they post all this stuff. So you see it. Yep. Um, she had like bronchitis, like, or I don't even know. She had an inhaler um, that she was prescribed. <laughs> this isn't funny, but she, she got like bronchitis three times over the winter. And it was like, she was at the track on antibiotics, like with the inhaler doing a workout. And it was just, it's hard to watch that. Cause it's like your body, it can handle a lot, you know, like your the human body can handle right. a lot of stuff, um, whether or not like it's going to benefit you in any way. Uh, that's a whole different story. So when I see people that are on antibiotics and they're fighting stuff off and they're like, Nope, I'm still going to do my 20 mile long run, or I'm still going to do my track workout. Like I'll have my inhaler and I'm in a coffin between each rep. Um, I think that that sort of behavior and that sort of, you know, like hardcoreness, like shouldn't be promoted. I right. think that that's like not smart. Um, it, and it's not, it's not healthy for you to do. Cause like you said, putting things in perspective and understanding like where does running fit in with your life? Like what is the purpose of you doing it? Um, there's really not a benefit at all to running, you know, if you need to use an inhaler because you have bronchitis. Um, I just think that that's really, it's tough. And it's tough when people publicly post that stuff, because I think that it kind of guilt trips other people into thinking yeah. like, wow, it's like, they're so hardcore. Like, like yeah, I'm a wimp. I should be doing that. And, and I think, you know, listen to you talk to you. One thing that I think about, it's a little bit off the subject, and this is maybe for a different podcast, but for, I coach for a long time, as you know, and I, and I coach women and not that men don't have this problem, but I dealt with a lot of eating disorders and, mm. and I really had to, it was very important that I got really good about having those conversations and not being afraid to have those conversations. Cause obviously we're dealing with some, could be some major health issues, but it's the same thing with being sick or being injured. You just have to have that conversation, not be able to afraid to tell someone, you know what, I think we need to back off. And, and if, if they're having trouble doing so, like you just said, trying to find, okay, what's the, you know, what's pushing you or driving you so much that it's difficult to even take a day off. Um, and if that's happening and I was that, like that once when I, when I first started running, I, I didn't have necessarily an eating disorder, but I had disordered eating. Like I would only eat certain things. I would, you mm -hmm. know, if I did not miss a run, I did like, I was very hardcore. Um, and it got to a point where I had to really, even some of my friends were like, you know, you, this is all you ever talk about. This is, I, you know, and it's true. No, like, I know. It's not funny, but I, I feel like some people, you know, running is like one of those things where it's very obsessive, but it, there is like a fine line that you can ride. And I think, you know, some people have behaviors where it crosses over into that. Yeah. Um, and I had lost yeah. like 50 pounds and people are starting to tell you, you look good and you're, you know, you're hearing all this stuff. And so the ego kind of yep. comes into it and you don't want it to stop. You want people to keep saying those things and, and um, it becomes a vicious cycle. And, and being that I've been there, at least on a smaller level, that also makes it easier to have the conversation. We're in a little off topic, but it still fits, you know, if, if a person's mm. sick or if there's some kind of a cycle, because sometimes if you have that behavior in one area, it can bleed over into another. No, I think that was really good. I'm, I'm glad that you shared that because I think, you know, some, I think people can really relate to that, you know, it just depends on the runner, but I think there's a lot of runners out there for a variety of reasons. I mean, one of the reasons that, you know, like maybe you were drawn to the sport was, you know, you used to be a smoker, obviously, yeah. like having more of an addictive personality. And, you know, when you replace like one habit with another, obviously running is like a good habit and it's like a lot more healthy, but you can still kind of fall into some of those more obsessive traits or just things that are maybe not the healthiest approach to running. So just always being able to keep yourself in check. And I think, you know, running while sick is one of those things where it, you're erring on the side of, you know, is this obsessive, you know, right. or are you, do you have a healthy relationship with running? And I think this is one of the ways where you can really instill, you know, a healthy relationship and make sure that you have a healthy approach to your training. Yeah, but just having that balance, you know, just like anything else in life and, and making sure it's not taking things over, just like other things in your life shouldn't work and, and different things like that. And just trying to make sure that you have that balance with it. And it took me a while to get there. I was, you know, you didn't know me then, 
Um, I was a little bit more, you know, hardcore with it than I, than I am now. And obviously I still, it's important to me and it's something that I do, but it's, it's definitely the reasons have changed and the, and things of the drive of, and reason why I do it has changed. So, yeah, I think that was good to share and it's just good to hear different perspectives. Um, I really appreciate you hopping on here and sharing your experience with us. And then next we're going to have coach Ben chat a little bit about his approach to staying healthy. Um, he is someone who rarely gets sick also. So I really appreciate <laughs> you coming on and chatting with us today. Skelly. Yep. Have a great day. You too. Um, it's Ben Jacobs, and he is on with us today. So welcome, Ben. Um, have you been sick yet this winter? Uh, I actually fought it off, so I'm doing all right. I'm hanging in there. That is great to hear. And when you say fought it off, like how many days were you sick? Um, probably about two days that I didn't feel 100%, but I know in, in the past that can lead to like a week of being down if you don't take care of it. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, I always thought it was amazing when people like you or my husband, Jason, he's really good about, you know, taking time off and resting, which you are as well. Um, when they say I was only sick for two days, because prior to, you know, the last two years, like if I got sick or felt like I was getting sick, I would be out for, you know, two plus weeks and it really escalated quickly. Um, and I think that's because like, I wasn't good about reading those first couple signs that you get where your body is kind of telling you you're tired and fatigued and just saying, Oh, whatever, you're just tired, fatigued, push through it. So what are some of the signs that you had that you were maybe getting sick? Um, usually like, you know, congestion, slight headaches, that type of thing. And kind of, I'm in tune with my body so I can kind of tell like, Oh, something just doesn't feel right. You know what? And whatever that is, maybe even, on an easy run, you just feel a little lethargic and down. Right. Yeah, no, I totally understand what you're saying and how it's just, it's very like slight. Nothing's really blown up to the point where, you know, you'd be calling in sick from work or where you'd say, I absolutely have to take a rest day. It's kind of more one of those things where you're like, eh, I don't feel hundred percent like myself. And I think being a female, especially like you know, sometimes with your menstrual cycle and all of those hormones that go on, it can be complicated to kind of decipher, okay, is this from, you know, that, or is it from life stress of maybe I didn't get enough sleep, but those first couple signs that you're getting, like the fatigue, definitely, you're just feeling a little off. Um, those can actually be signs that you are, your body's trying to fight something off. So I think you, you know, listening to your body and being so in tune with it and taking the time right away is really beneficial for you to avoid getting sick for, you know, two or three weeks at a time. Yeah, it can. And a lot of these things really linger, but then sometimes people kind of why, wonder why things are taking so long to recover. And, it, and a lot of times it's because you're not giving your body that chance. You're not letting it get that start. Right. That's great. Um, a lot of people, yeah, like you said, it's like, it takes forever to go away and there's a lot of complaints there. And I think um, you know, if you kind of push through too much and you're, you're putting your body through so much with the training and not taking care of yourself, it is going to take longer for you to fight off that illness. Um, cause you're just like expecting a lot. And instead of focusing all of your energy on getting better and allowing your body to, you know, fight off whatever is going on in there, you're saying, no, we also want to run. We want to do all these other things. Also stay up late, whatever it is. Um, these are just ways that it's, it's going to make you sick for longer. So I guess um, we can just dive into some of the things that, you know, kind of impact what could cause illnesses to come up um, and just other things of how runners should approach their training um, if something does flare up. Because, of course, you know, almost on a weekly basis, I think we always have one of those runs where we don't feel 100% like ourselves. So we want to kind of talk about when is it appropriate to take time off. But just diving in, do you think uh, being more stressed can make you more susceptible to getting sick. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely takes a toll on the immune system. I mean, this time of year can be really stressful for people too, as you know, there's so much going on, but yeah, it definitely, definitely plays a huge role. Life stress, work stress, they, they all come into play. Right. So yeah, I can totally see how this would be something that, you know, a lot of people struggle with this time of year, you know, with the holidays coming up, there's a lot of added stress there. And then just, 
you know, stress of workouts and stress of, you know, training stress, there's so many different factors. So, you know, no one's life looks exactly the same, right? So, you know, some people are in, they're in grad school, some people have four young children at home, you know, and all of those things are stressful to a degree. And so I think it just comes down to like stress management and understanding that, you know, you can handle a certain amount of stress, but you have to be aware of other life stressors that could be flaring up, causing it to be harder on your body to, you know, rebound and fight things off. So, you know, if you have extra things added to your plate on any given week or any given month, just knowing that you might be a little bit more susceptible to getting sick um, rather than if you just kind of were having a relaxing week with not a lot on your plate. Um, So I definitely think stress is a big thing. Have you ever seen, you know, an athlete kind of be really stressed and then get sick or have their sickness linger longer because they were stressed out about it? Or what do you have to say there? Yeah, I mean, definitely all the time. And, you know, sometimes when you're really stressed, like leading up to a big race, even your body can get run down that way, even if you are tapering. So sometimes people like kind of have that going on. And then the most common thing I think for lingering is, you know, people have a run. It's like, well, you know, I have 16 on my schedule. I need to do it this weekend, you know, and that's causing them more stress and then they still want to run. And then if they do run, it causes the body that much more physical stress and just kind of prolongs things even more. Right. Yeah. 16 miles. I mean, I can't imagine doing, you know, two plus hours worth of running when you're, you're feeling a little bit run down. Cause that's going to just totally take a toll on your immune system and everything like that. Um, but how do you even feel about like shorter runs? Like, is it better just to skip them? Cause I know some people are like, well, I don't want to be, you know, cooped up all day. I don't want to, I don't want to do nothing, but I mean, isn't there kind of a benefit to doing nothing or what is your stance on that? Yeah. I mean, it really, it really depends on kind of how, how terrible you feel. I mean, right. there, there are so many cases where you shouldn't. And I would say in most cases, doing a run is going to be more detrimental than it is. I need to get out or I'm, you know, I'm in a cage here. Like I need to get out and do something. I mean, it's kind of better to spend that time taking a rest or a nap or going to bed early or taking care of yourself and preparing to recover. I don't see benefit in getting out to run. Right. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. You know, it's like, it, it just depends on the severity of your symptoms. Like you said, you know, maybe if you just feel a little bit off, um, like the beginning one or two days, it might be okay to do like a super short run, like modify whatever's on your schedule and just do like something really short and easy just to see like how you feel after or during, Um, but like you said, you know, sometimes it's just taking that extra day, um, you'd actually get more benefit from, you know, sleeping an extra hour or two or taking a nap or just, you know, focusing on your nutrition or whatever. Um, so I guess that brings up a really good point, uh, with some of our athletes, you know, being working professionals and having to wake up early to do their runs. Do you think that, you know, sleep plays a role here and like how many hours per sleep do you recommend getting per night for an athlete? Yeah, I mean, sleep is is one of the biggest factors in in warding off illness, in recovery. I mean, sleep is really one of the most important things for our bodies. So, you know, everybody's different. Some people can get by on six hours. Some people need more than that. You know, they say eight hours. A lot of times as you get older, you don't sleep as much or as well. But I mean, I, I know for myself, sleep, whenever I'm getting less sleep, and a lot of times it is around the holidays. If you have family and over and you're spending more time with them and you're going to bed later and you still have to get up at the same time, that's when my body really starts to feel it. So anytime I'm getting less than seven hours of sleep, I, I really, it takes a big toll out of me. Right. That really brings up a good point that I don't think a lot of people here are thinking about, you know, the holidays are coming in. Some people might be taking time off anyways for running or they're already cutting their mileage back a lot. So they think, oh, you know, then I'm covered. I'm good to go. I'm not going to get sick because I'm already taking, you know, time off or, you know, drastically reducing what I was doing. But in reality, like you were saying, you know, with the family stuff and all the holiday activities going on, there's some nights where, you know, you're out late and 
you're you're talking a lot and you're just really being in that social active environment and I know this is gonna sound kind of funny but that can be a stress on your body if you're out late and not getting the same amount of sleep or if your you know life is kind of getting interrupted by doing other things um some people are really into their routine and throwing that off can can be a little bit stressful for people and I think you know even if you are taking time off from running um it can still those sort of things you got to be watchful and careful of just thinking, okay, I had a little bit of a stressful day yesterday. I didn't go to bed when I normally do. Um, didn't sleep as good as I normally do those sort of things. Just being aware of that and allowing yourself extra time to sleep if possible, or just being, you know, conscientious. Um, I know no one wants to be a party pooper, but sometimes it's better for you if, if you're feeling under the weather to to leave a little early so that you can get that, um, that bedtime that you need. Yeah. I mean, I think when we see the most amount of people coming down with stuff is kind of around this time of year. And it's, it's that it's lack of sleep, excess stress from the holidays, but then also nutritional thing. I mean, all of a sudden you're eating all this great food, you know, and you're, you're spending time with family and doing that, having drinks. So the, kind of the good food that your body needs to recover is going out the window and, and you're replacing it with other things that aren't as good for your body. Right. Yeah. That brings up another good point is, you know, nutrition is super important too. So not only, you know, if you're doing all these holiday festivities, holiday parties, staying out late, you're, you're maybe getting less sleep than you normally do. But then in addition to that, like you said, um, with all the holiday, you know, recipes and all of like the treats that are out. I know it's super tempting to just like chow down on all of the cookies and just like, I fill up on all of that other stuff, like the cheese and the breads and the cookies, like all that stuff is so good. And then I forget, oh, like I'm supposed to eat <laughs> like a bunch of stuff that's healthy for you also. So I think, you know, when you get all that sugar in your body and you're, you totally... Well, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode talking about illnesses and how to avoid them during this flu season. Um, Hopefully you take some of these tips and you can apply them to your own training. And if you have any questions or you want to work with a coach in the new year, we would love to chat with you. You can also have a seven-day free trial um, if you visit our website, www.runforprs.co. We can chat with you today and get you started. Thanks.